I love the sound of that. Uh, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome back to another Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Excited to be with you guys for what will be my last time this week. I take off tomorrow to head to our annual North Carolina trip into the mountains. So uh, excited for the conversation today because I know we're going to talk a ton about coaching, but uh, great stuff. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I was um, – this this whole idea of that the huddle has a life of its own, and it's you and Jake, and it's you and Lori, and it's me and Lori, and it's all of it. It's like it's very hip that it, it has really <laughs> taken on a, a life of its own. So I, I, I love that. Um, I'm excited that you'll get to go away. It's very interesting because when you are around people who have young kids – you're constantly sick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you know, you, Gabby was sick. You're, you were sick and still are sick. Helen was sick. Now I'm feeling kind of off the, off the ball. It's I know. Like, Jim, Jim and mom are feeling it as they're in the mountains now. So it's just going around. Um, yeah, but I've been battling it for days now. It's, it, it knocked me out last Monday. And since last Monday, I have done everything I can to overcome it. So just a couple of shout outs this morning. Shelby Fabian is here. Nice to see you, my friend. It has been way too long. There are congratulations for you. I live by three L's, lifelong learning. And you, my friend, congratulations to you. Just got some certificate from Wharton. So congratulations for your- Very nice. Congratulations, Shelby. Welcome back to the huddle. And- I would say congratulations to Sarah, who is now sporting her new headshot from uh, David Roth. So another David Roth family member in the house with a new headshot. Awesome, awesome. Uh, my friend Gary Merkin, who in the latter part of his career has become a world traveler. Where in the world is Gary Merkin? He and his team, who I was able to work with in Vegas back in February, which seems like a lifetime ago, uh, they have been all over the world doing shows and uh, doing good stuff. Uh, Gary, uh, for those of you who don't remember, and Gary would be a great huddler in the hot seat, was the um, editor, publisher for um, uh, Ink Magazine when I met him. And so we have had a strong, long career of doing good stuff. So lots of good stuff today. I do have a question for the huddle before we do huddle music. So you are leaving tomorrow. You're taking jewels. You were away last month and you took jewels. I don't know, man. For me, when I was a young kid, I didn't get on a plane until I was like 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, Shay, when, when were you, when, when was the first time you were on a plane? No idea. It's a different world. I first take you on a plane. Uh, was, was it young? First, I was young. I flew by myself when I was like seven or eight. Okay. Because I flew to North Carolina one summer. There was one summer that I couldn't make the drive with grandma. So I flew to Charlotte by myself when I was young. Um, but, you know, even Kai. Kai was on. But my, my life kind of led in that direction. Kai lived in three states by the time he was three. So a different world for him. And, and now like traveling is a part of our family life. So, so this, so you see Jeremy, you see Henry, teens, 
you know, that's what, like for me, I think I went to LA with my mom. My dad was already out there and I went with my mom when I was like 10 and like going on a plane was like this monster big deal. Jules is already like a world traveler. And there's a couple of reasons for that, right? Number one, flying is more affordable now than it was back then for Fair. sure. It's Fair. definitely not as expensive. And also my lifestyle provides that opportunity for him. And so, and I would say that I would much rather travel with him than without him in most scenarios. Yeah, I, I assume that he's a trooper. He did great. He's great. The he's great. He's a, I mean, he's, we're all sick now, so it's going to be interesting because we'll all be flying tomorrow sick. So that'll be interesting, but he's the best. So you see, this is a good question, man. It dawned on me that like, oh, you know, he's going to be so used to going on planes. So you right. never know what we're going to talk about in the Daily Huddle. But today's conversation is going to be all about what we do for a living, what we love to do, and that is helping and coaching professionals. We got um, a new sales report that came out by a company called Second Nature, did sales coaching survey of 2021. So some really interesting facts. Let's get to it, Shay. Wake up and let's get the party started. So we're going to do something different this morning. We're going to start out with uh, motivational music. Um, we're talking about coaching. We're talking about keynote uh, speaking. We're talking about workshops. And for me, um, when my speaking career was at its height, um, this was my walk-up music. And so I figured it'll jam everybody this morning. So I remember the first time I ever heard that song, really. Okay. Right? Um, so freshman summer, I go to school, right? I get involved with the equipment staff, and they invite me to hang out Friday night. And they said, have you ever played Thunderstruck? 
And I was like, no, I've never played Thunderstruck. But I don't know what that means. And they were like, well, this is the game. Sit around the table. You play Thunderstruck. Everybody has a cup of beer. There's a keg next to the oh. table. And you have to drink until the next thunder gets said. So thunder. Great. The next person starts. Thunder. Great. The next person starts. All of a sudden, there's like a guitar solo for two and a half minutes, and you're stuck drinking the beer the entire time until somebody else says <laughs> That was my introduction to college and to Thunderstruck when uh, when I went away to school to FSU. So that was I'll see. never forget that song or that experience. Good to see you, Ashley, back in the back in the huddle. Uh, do you remember when you first saw me speak and I came out to that song? Yeah, that was the TD Bank at uh, in New Jersey. In Atlantic City. Atlantic City. Yeah, that was uh, – and I thank that guy, that media guy, who I had had another song, and he goes, you look like a Thunderstruck guy to me. And I was like, <laughs> your walk-up music, and boom, that's what I used ever since. So, anyway, we're going to talk about coaching this morning. Um, let's start with you. You are engaged um, with Joy and her company – uh, that's Greg Goldstein. I didn't realize he was sitting in. But unpack what you're doing there and what the result is. Because uh, uh, today I want to talk, at least in the early part of the show, about what co- what is real coaching. Well, so, so a big part to me of coaching is having a playbook. You got to know. And it's like I go back to, to like people think about playbooks and they're like, oh, yeah, it's the thing where it tells you exactly what to do and how to do it. But when I created a playbook in football, it was far more than that. It was our philosophy. It was our strategy. It was our core values. It then dictated all of the tactics and telling you how you were going to do everything that you do. And I think not enough people start there when developing their playbook is what's our philosophy? What about how we think? What about what about who yeah. we are that then informs the strategy that we're trying to accomplish that then informs the tactics that we're going to go about doing. So yesterday I spent an hour and a half. The reason Greg was there is because Greg is working with joy as her fractional CMO. So I think most businesses sales and marketing is broken in terms of working with each other. So I was like, look, we can't really do this. We can't build a business development strategy unless we got everybody in the room together and we talk about, are we in agreement with what we believe when it comes to sales or business development and marketing? And I broke it out for them the way we do everybody. I said, sales has sales is different than business development. And I said, business development and marketing have a lot to do with each other. So if we're not aligned with what the goals are, with what the strategy is that we're trying to accomplish to reach those goals. And then the tactics we're going to choose to use that then align with that, with a repeatable process in those tactics. We're not doing all of this in unison with each other. We're wasting our time. We're all rowing the boat in a different direction. There's no way to really create momentum. So it was a great hour and a half spent together, aligning on what we believed building the the, the the whole process step by step and then being very, very candid and saying, who owns it? Who's taking responsibility for this? Who's ta- what's, what's the metric that we're looking to get to? What's the behaviors that align with that metric? And who's going to be responsible for it? 
and calling people out and saying, hey, you got to be if you're going to say you're going to be responsible for this, then it's got to show up in a daily behavior. So I, I it's so funny because I none of this is rehearsed. It's just a conversation. And for me, early on in my career, I realized that sales and marketing was broken. Marketing was busy making these pretty pictures and doing all kinds of stuff. They would bring it to me because I was running the, the revenue and sales department. And they were like, hey, here's what we did. And I was like, who talks like that? Who's going to say shit like that? That's like so right. ridiculous. You know, oh, well, this could win an award. And I was like, you know, the reality is I'm not looking to win awards. I'm looking to sell product. Right. You know, so they're usually not aligned. And so now I think, and I'm really proud of you, the fusion of all of those efforts is it's a collaboration to come up with the strategy. Everybody should be in that room to build strategy. Then marketing is one of the tactics. Exactly. Air cover, you know, that's the book, The Art of War. Marketing, Greg, that's air cover. You're responsible for spreading the word up here. All of the other people in the company, all of the people in the company, not just salespeople, are responsible. They're the ground troops. They're the ones who go out and tell everybody about what they're doing. So it seems easy, yet most people jump right into. And the report that you know we have says that most of the training is about features and benefits. Right. You know, it's like, hey, let me jump right into, hey, we're the best, and we're the, you know, that's not what people buy. And so functionally, I give, you know, it's broken. I give Joy a lot of credit for saying, all right, pump the brakes, stop it. Let's move to a place where we can all create alignment and then go into it together. Very similar that on a football team. And I think you can make that analogy that if the whole team's not aligned, right, you're going to have people with different objectives. It's not going to work. It's, it's what happens all the time in sports is you have offense that wants to operate a certain way that actually ends up hindering the defense from doing the thing that they want to do or vice versa. You know, if you have a very risk adverse defense that spends a lot of time on the field and the offense is like, well, we want to go fast and we want to get as many reps as possible. Those two, those two sides of the ball are not working in unison. That creates a very difficult game plan for teams to win. So it's exactly what we talked about yesterday. And it was really just becoming very, very clear on what expectations are, right? Like, okay, great. If we say that that the ultimate goal for everybody is to drive revenue, which I think it should be. I go, I go back to when Jimbo took the job at Florida State and fired the athletic trainer that had been on the football team for 30 years. Why did he fire him? Because he wasn't tied into the, the scoreboard. He didn't care what the scoreboard said on Saturday. He cared more about what happened in the training room and ensuring that everything was happening right there. And he was like, that's great. But if you're not showing me how that translates to the scoreboard, then you're not in the same boat as all of us. And you don't, you can't work in this organization. And so it was super cool to have Joy, the CEO, to have Greg, the head of marketing, and to have Ebony and Jacqueline. Ebony is, is, is more of an administrative role. And Jacqueline, who's a partner in the business, and to really get aligned with saying, like, are we all bought into driving revenue for the organization? Because if we're not, then there's a big fracture here. Because if you were to talk to the CEO, they would tell you the most important thing is driving revenue. And if you're not in alignment with that, you're not going to be bought into the responsibilities necessary 
to help the business grow. So it was good stuff. So what's interesting for me, having done it for the many years that I've done it for the many different companies I've been involved in and now working with individuals, which is most of my work, the same philosophy goes for, you know, Mark Noodleberg Inc. as yeah. it would for on the ball. You know, you know, as it would for Jewel Tone or, you know, Greg's business, Greg. And, you know, I gave him very candid feedback. I said, dude, you're all over. You're everywhere. I don't think you're taking care of you. Right. Where, where is your strategy of what you say yes to and what you say no to? And he was like, that's why I love you as a coach, because you have those hard conversations with me. You know, so he doesn't have a plan. He's just doing, you know, and that's dangerous because doing the wrong things you feel like you're doing but doing the wrong things doesn't get you to the place you need to go so and i, and I think that that you asked a great question here because i referenced this and this has been a learning journey for me working with retail people and working in a longer sales cycle which is our business and the b2b service right he asked he goes do you feel that B2B longer sales cycles are more about relationships than features and benefits? Absolutely it is, a thousand percent. But just because you may be in a slightly more transactional business or you live in the retail world doesn't mean that it's not still about relationship. This The, the training that I built for City Furniture was, guys, you got to understand that you have a tenth of a second as that person walks through the door, that they're going to make a judgment on you on whether or not they're going to let you talk to them. So before you could ever get to features and benefits, before you could ever get to talking about furniture, you have somebody walking through the door that in a tenth of a second is going to decide whether or not they're going to let you engage with them. Then once you engage with them, they're going to make another decision on whether or not they're going to interact with what you said to them. So if you lead with, Hey, what, what brought you in? Furniture or mattress? You're out. You're done. Immediately. Right. <laughs> immediately done. But if you said, hey, that's a wonderful shirt that, or thanks for coming in, or you made them feel good after they decided that they would listen to you, now you can start building the relationship that leads you to get to the thing that you need to talk about because they're in the store. So yes, it's, uh, it's different in B2B and in retail or, or something that's slightly more faster paced in sales cycle, but it still starts with relationship before you can get to anything else. So, you know, this, uh, well, first of all, I had the opportunity to work yesterday with the outgoing CEO of Celebrity Cruise. Um, her name is Lisa Lutop Perlo. If you don't know her, she is... Um, just such an amazing, look at that some, smile. Yeah, it's awesome. Such a warm person to know what she's done over her 40 year career at Royal, the Royal companies is just overwhelming. And she did it without being like my way or the highway kind of thing. She's just like, when I first met her, I go, I have a hard time believing you're the CEO of a billion dollar company. Well, she's in transition mode. She decided that she wanted somebody to work with her to transition, which a lot of people do, whether they're currently in their business or out of their business. So I was one of the people who got in the game, in the, in the race. I'm fortunate that we won, but we won because of our style. We won because we don't have anything prescriptive that's going to be bang, 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 bang. You know, here's, here's what we're doing. 
And, and I think their team was overwhelmed when they interviewed me. They were like, well, what's the outcome going to be? And I go, I have no idea. Right. And they go, what do you mean you have no idea? I go, I have no idea where she wants to go. Right. I go, I'll help, her build, I'll help her build the car that'll take her, or in this case, the boat, that'll take her to where she wants to go. But I think that's part of the problem with sales coaching, which it says in this report. It's all prescriptive. It's all do this, do this, do this. They don't take into account the nature of the business, the strategy, what you want to overcome, the pricing, all of these things that make coaching what it is. You got to know, like you can't teach a team that doesn't have speed to be fast. Look, <laughs> so. the, 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 the best example for me or the, or the biggest realization of this for me was the reason that I asked you for help after I got out of coaching was because I got trained on what we did as a business, but I didn't get trained on how to create conversations to talk about what we did as a business. And ultimately, whether you're in retail or whether you're in a, in a B2B service, you got to understand how to create conversations. And most sales training is very transactional by nature in the way that it teaches you to do it. So I think that's what's different about what we teach people or the way that we look at it and go about it is when you talk about business development, the ultimate goal of business development is to create opportunity. The goal of sales is to create transaction. So there is a, a, a part of the process that's at the very bottom of the funnel that you have to be able to communicate what you do in a way that helps people understand that you have to be able to educate people in a way to make them make it help them make a decision. But way before you ever get to that, you've got to be trained and you've got to be coached and you've got to be continuously given confidence in order to be able to have the conversations that get you to those places. And that's what nobody is training. Nobody's Correct. training you on how to get somebody's attention in a unique way that's that's personal. Nobody's training you on how to have a 15-minute conversation that allows you to build relationship, build trust, and move on to the next step. Oh, I take that back. Not nobody. We are. It's exactly yeah. what you trained me to do It's throughout my entire life. It's exactly what we've put into a, a system for people to be able to consume. And that's really what our modern business development teaching is all about, is forget about what business you're in. How do you become a better human and have better relationships and create more relationships to drive opportunity? I love it. I, you know, you, you hit on one, you hit on points all the time, but you hit on something. It's okay to ask for help. You in all of your journeys, and yesterday was a perfect example. You, you reached out for help. You said, "Hey, I got, got this situation. I got one. I got one. <laughs> what do I do now? I don't ever say to you, this is what you should do.' Correct. I always tell you, this is what I would do. Yes. And then you unpack it for yourself. That's good coaching because I tell all of my clients." I'm not going to give you my opinion and then tell you, I'm going to give you my perspective. Opinions can be right or wrong. You do what you want. And I told you I would do. And that resolve, you had a sticky one yesterday. Really, yeah. really. <laughs> look, look, look at Papa Squirrel, man. Yeah. Good morning, Kai. Coming so, to us from the mountains. But so, yeah. So, so, and and th so I had no problem reaching. And I think this is where 
we as people or people that get hired into roles or whatever, we're afraid to ask. People are afraid to ask for help. They think they're supposed to know. They think they're supposed to have the answer. There's not enough relationship there. There's so much to unpack when it comes to developing a good coaching relationship. We could talk about that for days, but ultimately as the human being that needs the help, you got to be willing to ask. You got to be willing to reach out and go, what would you do here? Forget about saying, I don't know what to do. Just say, I might have an idea on what I think I should do, but I want to know what you would do. That's all I want to know so that I can take it and use your perspective to help me make a decision. And that's real learning. That is real learning, not, hey, here's here's the script and go do it. And that's what they do with people. Our newest engagement with Northwestern Mutual, the young people there are all signing up for GOTB because their way of trying to get into new opportunities and new meetings is not working. When it's not working, you ask for help. Um, We will miss you. Have a safe flight tomorrow. Tomorrow it's me and Jake. And just like I did last Wednesday when we were in person, Jake, I will ask Jake the six month questions to see what he's learned. He has learned his takeaways, (laughs) which should be really, really fun. But uh, lots of good stuff. Enjoy your weekend. And I look thank you. You guys have a great end of the week. We will see, I will see you next Tuesday because I won't be here on Monday either. So have a great time. Sign up for YouTube because it looked like LinkedIn had a problem today. So uh, the numbers. And if, oh, last call to action. And if this conversation resonated with you, go sign up for the newsletter. We're giving you blogs. We're giving you downloadable tools. We're giving you everything you could possibly need through our newsletter to help you get 1% better every day. So head over there, sign up for the newsletter. We will see you guys next week. Let's get out of business. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you 